1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective,
0: 2020 on Vision. A conversation I love the opportunity to invite you into as we get things underway today, as we talk about how you might prepare for the best Christmas ever. Christmas is only a week and a half away, kids are counting the sleeps, And you're working hard to make this the best Christmas ever. It's not an easy time for some, though. This year, families have been separated and isolated for a long time. It'll be a triumph for so many families just to be together again at Christmas. For some, though, the Christmas season has a habit of opening old wounds and reviving unresolved family disputes. Now, it should be a time of joy and togetherness. But for many, when those old arguments arise, there's sometimes evidence of generations of unforgiveness and a risk that there could be more generations of unforgiveness ahead. So a conversation today about how to turn this Christmas into the best Christmas ever. And we'll talk about where Jesus fits. And, of course, for the Christian family, In the centre of Christmas celebrations. Our special guest through this coming hour is former pastor and now Christian therapeutic life coach Peter Sorquia, who leads Peter Empowering You. Peter, a special welcome back to 2020.
2: Thank you, Neil. It's great to be
0: back. Peter, what does Christmas look like for you and your family this year? Is it, uh, is it looking like a good one? Or have you had some separations uh, from various border closures and such things? How does it look for you this year?
2: Well, have we had separations, Neil? Yes, we have. <laughs> my my daughter and her family live in NT, Alice Springs, and my son, until two days ago, has been living in China for several years. So, yes, it's going to be very very different my son and his wife his new wife arrived last night from wow. China and uh, my daughter and her family will be coming down shortly so it's going to be amazing for us this year
0: <sighs> Well that is just beautiful because uh, mm. when you've had that sort of separation and Uh, borders that have kept people from coming together in your family this year for you. Christmas is looking fabulous. It's not going to be the same for everyone though because not everyone has the opportunity to have everyone close by and there's all sorts of reasons other than border closures that might keep people separated. But uh, yes, some will be looking forward to a good Christmas and others not. But today we want to talk about how to make this the best Christmas ever. But In order to do that, I guess we've got to talk about some of the things that could go wrong at Christmas. And, Peter, you talk to a lot of people and uh, the sorts of things that people might have been talking to you about. Uh, Any insights here?
2: Yes. Well, there's lots of people who talk to me about lots of things. And Christmas can be a very tricky time, particularly when there's been any tribulation or trial in the relationships over time over this past year or years. Um, I remember a, a particular Christmas several years ago, um, pre-pandemic, where uh, we had a big family gathering and uh, one of the family members was an, uh, is an elderly person and another one is a younger person. And there was some to do that happened that I wasn't party to at the time, but the elderly person came to me and said, no, that person over there, they said this, this and this. And I thought, oh, that's horrifying, frankly, saying that to an elderly person. And so I sort of got on board, I guess, with that point of view. But when we looked at the actual details and went to that young person and spoke to them, it was actually the elderly person who was saying really negative things about refugees. And all that the younger person did was to step in and really, I guess, um, stand for the refugees. So you can understand that there were two very differing points of view in that circumstance. And it took some time
0: for that to be sorted out. Mm. So when you're talking what even could become political arguments and uh, yes. argue, you know arguments over refugees, so political arguments can get in the way. And, uh, you know, I think I've been guilty of uh, getting into the odd, uh, more heated conversation at different times at a family yes. gathering. And sometimes, you know, and I'm quite conscious of this, but, uh, but yes, that can get in the way. So how you uh, walk around almost, you know, on, uh, what's the old expression, walking on eggshells, Mm, Uh,
3: just mm. careful
0: how you walk and the sorts of things that you might bring up in conversation because someone's going to take that quite personally and uh, someone might be easily offended by some of the things that you might mention. So you've got to be sensitive. Sensitivity, one of those things I I imagine you'd need to be be very aware of.
2: Yes, well, once we worked out what the situation was in this particular scenario we had a talk with that younger person and said look this is where they're coming from they're coming from a position of fear Um, in their neighborhood there had been some upsetting incidents with people that were from different uh, countries and different backgrounds so they were coming from that fear-based position and just understanding that gives us some perception okay it's still not correct perhaps well definitely not correct what what this person was saying but when you understand that there's different perceptions of any thing whether it be political whether it be pandemic and there's a lot of different views around that these these uh, this Christmas and these days uh, once we understand that people just have a different perception and it might be based on fear and, and their experiences it's easier for us to say okay let's let's give some grace, let's dispel some grace at this really important time for Christians where we show love, joy, peace, patience, all the fruit of the Spirit, where we can uh, exhibit the love of Christ and forgiveness and all those things. So it is an opportunity to show Christ at this time that could be difficult for some.
0: Let's talk about some more things could go wrong. Uh, There's always the thought, just add alcohol. And uh, not that alcohol is in itself altogether bad, but when someone decides to tipple a little too much and have a little too much to drink, then that often loosens up the tongue and they're more inclined to tell you what they really think. And then that causes all sorts of issues. So Alcohol is an issue, isn't it, uh, around our family gatherings and how you regulate that becomes a difficulty.
2: Yes. I mean, we, there's a drink in the house and, and in, the, in the body. Yeah, we just relax and we can say whatever we want to say. But if there's prepare preparations, conversations that happened before where there could be some tricky situations or tricky arguments or positions... If those conversations are already had um, in, in, in lieu of what might happen, so the host has thought about, okay, what are the different viewpoints here? What could go wrong? If there is no preparation, then hopefully when those conversations have occurred and there is a bit of alcohol, maybe then you can just go and grab that person and say, hey, remember we had a chat about this, let's just call it right now. You need to have some pa- plans in place for these type of eventualities, I think.
0: Peter, I want to invite listeners to join in our conversation today too. And you might have your own thoughts. What can go wrong at Christmas? Uh, How do you plan to make this the best Christmas ever? And you might want to share your wisdom with other listeners to 2020 today. And very shortly, well, in fact, right now, let's open our talkback lines on 1-800-316-316. And uh, you can be involved in our conversation. uh, Some of the things we're talking about today. Hey Peter, one of the big issues for Christians, and this is one of the challenges that you sometimes have when you've got family coming from everywhere, not everybody shares your Christian faith. Uh, Some families don't have time for church on Christmas Day, and some families insist that yes, you must go to church on Christmas Day because Jesus is the reason for the season. I wonder if you've got any thoughts about how you might sort of tread carefully, but at the same time, you know, make your point known. I think that
2: uh, it is our season, isn't it? We, we love Christ. He's changed our lives. So this is our opportunity to exhibit that. And whether we go the night before or on the day or the next day, whenever we go, it's our time to worship what he has done for us and who he is. And so I think we don't want to sort of get the Bible out and start bashing people on what they should or shouldn't do. I think it's individual families will follow Um, their heart and what they feel that God is saying to them about that day. And then in our environment, in our family environment, there's uh, not everyone is a Christian in in my extended family. So we're mindful of that, that we don't want to um, browbeat people, but we also want to be an example for them. So just a small example is we will say grace before the meal. And where possible, we will hold hands with the family at large. So that's something that we like to do. And just to say in that prayer, thank you, Jesus, that you came and uh, this is what we're celebrating. This is the reason for the season and uh, we just want to bless this food. So you make it short, simple, sweet, but there's a point to it. And people can say, okay, well, I don't agree with that after the event or they can not hold hands. That's up to them. But we're still getting that message across in a non-confrontational way and in an easy way, and in a grace-filled way.
0: And saying grace, most people are happy to tolerate that around the table, even if they're not Christians or anti-Christian, they'll sort of bow their heads with everyone else and someone says grace. But as you say... Grace is a very powerful moment that can bring Jesus right into the centre of your Christmas. And so uh, holding hands around the table, that's the tradition for some. It's not a tradition for others. There might even be some issues around a a COVID uh, Christmas season. And I don't know whether you've got any thoughts on that. You've got anything developed uh, around the thinking there, uh, Peter? But, uh, you know, holding hands. Some might say, uh, well, I used to hold hands, but I'm not holding hands this time. I'm trying to socially distance. Any thoughts here? Yes
2: look that 's absolutely true, and this would be part of preparation so the pre discussions before Christmas Day, what does everyone feel comfortable with? Do you want to wear masks? Do you not want to wear masks? Do you want to socially distant or distant or is that not such a big deal with you? Perhaps for some members they may not want to attend and we 've got some extended family that will be attending by zoom, so there are different ways that people are going to feel comfortable. The host would have their particular um, way that they want to run that and um, perhaps be in charge of how that's going to look and discussing that with everyone. They might be the one that has that discussion with the different uh, members. And so have that before. Find out what people are comfortable with and then let that be their comfort zone. They don't want to hold hands. They want to hold hands. They want to wear masks. They don't want to wear masks. Let's make this full of grace full of understanding, full of acceptance for everyone's position. There hasn't been a lot of that. If you look at the news or think about what we've seen in the news in 2021 and 2020, there hasn't been a lot of grace (laughs) for other people's positions and I think as Christians, if we exhibit that, that's going a long way to say who Jesus is in our lives.
0: Well, with government positions and businesses who are encouraging a discrimination, uh, Vax and unvaxxed, we would hope that uh, families will be able to have their own pre-family discussion so that that doesn't become the big order on Christmas Day that's caused everyone to be divided. Uh, I imagine, yes, some families uh, might have the position of, uh, you know, hey, if you've got vaccine, you're welcome. Uh, Some families might even say if you're not vaxxed, uh, you're not welcome. And we might hope that's not the case. That certainly is not a Christian uh, foundation where we would have some level of discrimination or segregation. That certainly isn't something that comes from the heart of a Christian. Some people, though, on a health level may be concerned about those things. And uh, listeners might might have your own thoughts on that and as well as all the other things that could go wrong this Christmas and how you might turn things around and make this the best Christmas ever. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture
1: and current events.
0: Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts on how you will make this the best Christmas ever. 1-800-316-316. Our special guest is former pastor, now Christian therapeutic life coach, Peter Sorkia, who leads Peter Empowering You. Peter, let's take a call from a listener in New South Wales. Hello, welcome along. Hi Neil and Peter, thank you for this extremely relevant topic at this time of year.
1: Um, Peter impressed me a few weeks ago when she spoke with you Neil and uh, what she said basically shot me between the eyes because I'll just touch on that quickly and then I'll bring you the relevant question to Peter this morning but uh, she was talking about relationships and I'd um, only a few days before I had my wife tell me that um, I'd missed the mark for several years and she wasn't going to attempt to um, make it work anymore, and that was pretty pretty heavy duty. And um, and Peter was on there saying that you know this does happen. And being a dumb bloke, I missed the mark. Yeah, obviously I had because I didn't see the sign. But women's chin tuition is amazing. They seem to pick up and know a lot of things that men totally miss. But that's not the topic. The topic today is well, actually last Christmas we had uh, my wife went to um, adjust the. Christmas room at my mother's place, the tree and the table and there was a confrontation with my mother and my sister and she came home and said, we're not going to Christmas dinner tomorrow with your family. And I was presented with a very very big decision. Do I side with my family or do I side with my wife? And I did side with my wife because that is the right thing to do, which earned me some good brownie points, but it didn't resolve anything. And now we're up against Christmas in a few days' time and we are going to be having Christmas all together.
0: That is it's very going to be
1: strange. So has Peter got any tips
0: for me? Thank you. Well, what an what a amazing scenario that is. Uh, Peter, your thoughts for our caller?
2: Oh, wow. That is quite some story. And, uh, yeah, that must be very stress-filled for you to think that this is coming up again when that was so stressful. Last time Uh, The fact that you are getting together is wonderful I'm really glad to hear that That it's going to be different this year Um, And I think that What we all need to do Is start to look at people And the people in our lives With some gratitude You know there's so much research On what gratitude does for us What it does for us Physically, mentally, psychologically It does something for us socially So perhaps you could be grateful that you are meeting again. Perhaps you could say to yourself, okay, I'm grateful for my wife that she's still about. I'm grateful for my mother, my sister. I'm grateful for my family that are coming together. I'm grateful, Lord, who you are in my life. When we start to be grateful about what we do have, it starts to change our brain. It starts to change our thinking. It starts to override the negative. So that's called positive sentiment override rather than negative sentiment override. So that's what I would suggest, that prayerfully you start to give thanks. And that might change your thinking and bring something into the environment that wasn't there before.
0: I'll ask our caller. Is that a helpful bit of advice? Yeah, the,
1: um, thanks, Peter. Yeah, look, I I am grateful. I've had a, a very heavy year with a medical Issues and some things like that, and it's um, um, You know, I'm not, I'm not fully healed. I'm not fully there, but I'm I appreciative that I'm still on the top side of the soil and not the bottom side. It could have been that way earlier this year, and I'm so appreciative of um, the people who've come and rallied and helped me through this year to get through such a difficult year. And I've found lots of people who who do love me, and and my family is one of them. I know that.
0: Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open. You might have your own scenario. You might want to tell your own story. Uh, not all uh, stories on the hard side, the bad side. You might have your own good side, stories to tell about how you make Christmas, the best one ever. Peter, let me ask you though based on those things, when you are anticipating the possibility that there could be strained relationships when you get together on Christmas, if you know the triggers that spark those family divisions. Uh, there's some thought around whether you would actually even uh, get into that to try and resolve the conflict, and you might not see your relatives all that often, or whether you might try just to avoid those things and not use Christmas to try and uh, resolve any conflict. Any thoughts here about how you might navigate the way forward?
2: Oh, that's a really good question,
0: Neil. Thanks for asking that. You know, one
2: of the strategies when there is a problem that most of us have is avoidance. (laughs) And I always say about avoidance, it feels like a really good strategy, but it's not. It's a really bad strategy because when we avoid something, it's still there and it just festers. And then if there is something that triggers us, we have avoided the topics or the particular people or whatever. If something does trigger us, then there's an explosion potentially. So it's not a healthy thing to do. It's really good to have a talk with someone, perhaps outside of the group, outside of the family. Uh, Get somebody to listen to where your heart is and what you're feeling. Uh, Many of my clients, when I've finished a session with them, I'll say, what was the best thing in today's session? Many of them say to me, being heard. That's what they say in a few words. I'm summarising, being heard. So just to have someone outside of the group to listen to you, that you can get your feelings off your chest. So that's one way not to avoid. And then, look, have the hard conversations before the event. Make them filled with grace, though. And I like to use the sandwich method, which many of your listeners will probably know about. Um, But I have a different take on the sandwich method, and that is when you bring something hard in the middle of two good things. Mine is grace, truth, grace. So when you bring something tricky something challenging to a person, and I suggest you don't avoid it, then you say some really nice things, filled with grace about that person, make sure they're true, we're not into you know making things up. Bring the difficult conversation up or the subject or the topic. Um, make that filled with soft words. Don't point the finger, don't say you. Say, I feel this when this particular thing happens. And then bring it up with some more grace at the end. So you could pre-plan this conversation. You could even write it out and practice it with a friend. There's nothing wrong with that. But do the do the hard yakka before the event, and I'm telling you it will make the event much better because you're all prepared. You all know where you're at. Um, In the case of the example I brought at the beginning of uh, this segment, when I was talking about the elderly person and the young person, uh, we've had that conversation with the young person and that's just a topic that that elderly person doesn't handle well. So if you could skirt around that, we would be really appreciative. But hey, we, we love it that you're going to be there and thank you so much for coming and, and looking after this whole day for all of us as we all want this to be a good day. So you say it in such a way, it's soft, gentle, appreciative, but you, you have the hard story in there as
0: well. Well, we're going to try and remember that the sandwich method: start with grace, yeah. then tell the truth, and then uh, use those uh, soft, uh, gracious words at the end of that segment. And at the end of that yeah. segment, uh, you might have just stimulated the, the hornet's nest, and you know the, the whole thing could be out of control again. Is there a point, Peter? Do you think you, you have to say, "Okay, well, let's agree to disagree"? now, but let's not let this ruin our day. Is that one way of, you know, if you don't get something resolved, uh, you don't want it to blow up into a big argument, so you have to be able to Mm. contain that somehow, don't you?
2: Look, that's a really good point too. I have said that to people. I have said, let's agree to disagree here because we do have a different point of view or maybe we can discuss this another time because this is triggering both of us, but uh, I appreciate that you've got a point of view. Look, I think as Christians, um, we can we can make mistakes. We can fall into a heap ourselves. But if we recognise that everybody has a viewpoint, and their viewpoint is true for you, for them, their viewpoint is what makes sense to them, and that could go back to their family of origin, and it could go back to trauma, it could go back to all sorts of things. And so we can't judge. We can't be the judge of where they're coming from, because that means that we've got a, a log in our eye, you know, that's bigger than their speck. So I think. If there is a problem, yes, let's just say, if it gets out of control, let's just say, look, let's agree to disagree. I appreciate your point of view. I I do. I come at it from a different angle. But obviously right now we we can't go there. So let's not. But let's agree to have a good day on the day. And let's uh, try and make it a good one for everyone by keeping... Away from this particular topic, if that's okay.
0: Peter, there's lots of things that can create the downside, and uh, you know, throw the bucket of cold water on your Christmas, and all of these family disagreements or arguments and relationship challenges that you might have, let's not let's not wallow only on the dark side because if you're going to make this the best Christmas ever, there might be some things you need to do differently and I suspect that if you're going to change things around, change things up, you've got to be able to create some new memories, uh, new memories that might replace some of those old and bad memories. So when people think of Christmas they think of the good things that you did did on Christmas, and that becomes part of your family tradition. Any thoughts here on, on how you might approach, you know, creating some new memories or things that won't be grating on some members of the family?
2: Well, new memories are up to us, aren't they? We can make them. We can produce them. And I think if we don't know what to do, there's always a really good place to go, and that's to God. We can pray and say, God, this will be the best Christmas ever. This has been a hard couple of years. What can we do to make this really good? And so it could be some different games. It could be some different um, things that you're going to provide or take with your family to your family's event or your friends' event. It could be some phone calls, or as I mentioned before, some Zooms. You have some different people in the Zooms. So we can create a new experience by getting some help from the Lord about what that might look like. (laughs) And uh, it's also, Neil, it's a a mind attitude. And as I said before, when I was talking to the caller about gratitude, um, this is not a small thing. Gratitude has the ability to really change Our brain structure and science shows us that it can change people's whole world view if we start to before the event think of the things that could go right and what we're going to do and be grateful and be thankful we can change our inner thinking about the event to make new memories so our inner narrative is so powerful uh, uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf, beg your pardon, Dr. Caroline Leaf talks about this as well. Lots of psychologists, psychiatrists, scientists, psychological scientists talk about the mind view and the mind narrative. So, what we say about an event to ourselves will actually become reality. So, to make a good memory, let's start to tell ourselves about the good memories we are going to make. So, it's a simple thing of changing from being in the old rut in the road in terms of our thinking to changing like, oh, we're not going to think that way. Oh, sort of pull yourself out into a new way, a new direction. And that is to say, okay, this is going to be fun because we're going to do this, we're going to do this. I'm going to say hello to Aunt Gloria and Uncle Sam. And I'm going to say, you are my favorite parents, uncles, relatives. Thank you for coming. Start to put some things in your head that are going to be positive with the lord's help to see the beauty to see the good in the other people to see what can eventuate on a positive note you begin to focus on that even write them down every day between now and christmas and i'm telling you things can change
0: peter let's take a call let's hear from steve in parks in new south wales hi steve thanks for waiting patiently yeah, day and Merry Christmas to you both. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Um, God bless you, of course. Um, <clears throat> I just rang to thank you for your excellence and quality of broadcasting. Uh, Sister Peter, I-, I heard you say, what can you do? Well, you're already doing a lot of it. You're sharing the love. It sure beats all the hatred and bitterness <laughs> that's out there, and not everyone's friendly to Christianity these days. Um, mm. uh, you know, I heard a pastor say uh, uh, a simple, random act of kindness, but you have to be a bit security conscious too, because not everyone's receptive to the message of Christ. Mm. I, uh, I'm very consider myself pretty lucky, um, you know, that I'm able to tune into your broadcast, um, mm. you know, which have been extremely helpful. Um, you know, Steve. in um,
0: Steve, you raise a wonderful point here on the concept of a random act of kindness. And as you say, yes, you can take a risk Uh, with that from time to time. But, uh, Peter, I wonder whether you've got any thoughts here uh, for what Steve's suggesting, because he's suggesting here that uh, I guess this is not only random acts of kindness within your family, which could be very valuable, but also those that might extend beyond your family to uh, some Mm. visitors around the table or some people who are in the street who are not doing quite so well as you are. Uh, Any thoughts Mm. here for Steve?
2: Oh, Steve, what a good point. I, I love that about the random acts of kindness, we're moving house in a couple of uh, days, just a great thing to do before Christmas. Uh, but I just felt about oh, two weeks ago, I just felt that the neighbours in this street who are really beautiful, some of them I know, some of them I don't know. I just felt to bless them. And I felt this was a thing from the Lord, which he was directing me to do. I'm not taking any <laughs> of the kudo here for that. But. Um, and so I made I make these little bliss, what I call bliss balls from dates and apricots and nuts and things. So I made up a batch and put some little balls with all the gloves on so I was very sure that it was, um, you know, all very cleanly done. Wrote a little note what was in them and how I'd created them in a, a healthy way, in a clean way. And then just dropped some of these around the neighborhood to the streets at, at people's front door. And um, I just said, I would love the container back if you wouldn't mind that. Well, the next few days, I got these containers back with these beautiful notes. <laughs> and people. some people gave me something in return. I didn't do it for that. But in my little note, I put at the end, God bless. You know? So I was sort of thinking about the season of Christmas. So it was just something that I felt to do. But the, the flow-on effect has been quite significant So this is a little thing, not necessarily that we all have to do, but if God leads, we can do these little things for people that will just touch their hearts. One guy said, I'm so grateful for you. What a wonderful neighbor. What a wonderful street we live in. I've never met that neighbor, and yet he responded with a nice note. So that's a great thing um, to suggest, Steve. There's little random acts of kindness. We can all do something as the Lord leads.
0: Wonderful. Steve, thank you so much for your call today. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. We're talking about how you get the best Christmas ever this Christmas, resolving those issues around family conflicts and creating a new culture in your family, things that will be memories that your children and grandchildren will carry on into their future as well. Let's take another call. Marley is in South Australia. Hi, Marley. Welcome.
3: Oh, hi. Um, I would like to agree wholeheartedly with what Steve said and, and bless you for your um, radio station. And um, But... The situation is a little bit different for those uh, people that haven't been vaccinated and can't be with their families um, if their families live interstate. Um, and some people choose not to be vaccinated because of uh, immune compromising and health issues and things, um, and also um, Christian beliefs that Jesus is our healer um, and uh, to fear man is a snare. Um, and to trust in the Lord um, and I've seen so many people just be really nasty uh, and it's causing a division um, to for those that believe um, that they uh, everyone should be vaccinated and some people that aren't or can't be um, and I've, I've witnessed um, um, some not very nice Things.
0: Marley, you're raising an incredibly good point here because uh, yes, there are uh, some borders opening, and I'm thinking of the border Queensland New South Wales. So, know that the WA border is still closed, but they are open, but they're not open to the unvaxed, And oftentimes, the response is nasty a nasty response between vaccinated and unvaccinated, something that we've been working hard to. Uh, try and uh, understand a Christian foundation there that we don't have segregation and we don't have this sort of discrimination thing happening between Christians but I wonder a thought or two from you Peter for for Marley who's seen this nastiness and uh, something I guess we need to be working hard to be very cautious and sensitive about
2: Mm. Marla, you bring up such a good point and thank you for raising that. And I come across the different viewpoints in my work with my clients. I have some on one end and some on the other end and some in between, if you're looking at a continuum between to be and not be vexed. Um, and so as the coach, I listen. And for me, it's been a fascinating journey, actually, into the different viewpoints and just to see where people are coming from. So when people are very strong on one end or the other, they have their own viewpoints. And I think I've mentioned Amali, something about fear. And certainly when people are fearful, they do tend to get very strong in their viewpoints and that their viewpoint is right and the other viewpoint is wrong. But I prefer to think personally that everybody's viewpoint is their perception and that is what is true for them. It may not be true for the other person on the other end. And I use an example. If we were all standing at different at a corner, a different corner of an intersection, say four people or four groups of people, and there was an accident in the middle of that intersection and the police come and interview us about what we saw, we are all going to say we saw something different because we all did. But is it the same accident? Yes. Is our truth reality? Yes. Is it the whole reality? No. So I like to think of it like that. Whatever somebody else's perception it's coming out of fear if it turns nasty. I try and say to myself, Father, forgive them. I don't know what they're doing. Their view is their view. My view is my view. I might have a log in my eye. They might have a speck in theirs. So it's about mercy and grace when people go a bit, you know, we, we think they go a bit off in their direction. Well, maybe we just need to have, bring that grace, bring that mercy. Not easy, but as Christians, with Christ, With the Holy Spirit inside of us, we can bring something new into the mix. But I do agree with you. We have seen some... Be uncomfortable and not very nice things.
0: Marley, thank you so much for your call. An important point you raise around uh, vaccination, unvaccination, and uh, some turning nasty. And a wonderful response. Thank you so much, Peter. 1 800 316 316. Our talkback line is open. Uh, talking, there's so many dimensions. Uh, what could go wrong this Christmas? And how can you head those things off at the pass to make this the best? Christmas ever hey, let's lighten things up a little bit here Peter um, around the table this year there may be someone who all of a sudden just declares that they're vegan and uh, and you've got a cater in a whole different sort of a way and there are a lot of people who are gluten-free and of course these are health issues so some are just fussy eaters uh, any thoughts here how you might sort of handle things around the catering if you're if you're catering for Christmas dinner
2: Oh, What a big job, isn't it? <laughs> it's um, not something that I have done recently a lot of. Our family have decided to make it easy on everyone uh, to go out often. This year we're not for a couple of different reasons. We, yeah, a couple of reasons to do with who was going to be here and who wasn't. And, but we decided to order in. So we just ordered all, we're just ordering the food and it's coming in. Wow. Some people can't do that. Okay. They can't afford that and that's okay. They want to, Some people want to do that, that baking and that cooking and it's their special uh, tradition. So good on you. Go for it. <laughs> I applaud you. And then look, if there are different um, taste buds or health needs, then again, get all that information before. If you want to cater for that or if they want to help you cater by bringing their dish, um, I have a Um, a relative in my extended family who has had a kidney transplant and she can't eat eat certain foods. So she often, unasked, brings the food that she knows that she can eat. And so that's just a a very generous thing that she does, uh, but we are very willing to cater for that as well. So I think it's just, again, it's part of this preparation. Let's have the conversations before the event so that you haven't got this 50 course meal spread out and then somebody I can't eat any of this and then you're stuck haven't a conversation before see who can contribute if that's how you would like to go. I think it's a good thing for everybody to put a little dish in here and a dish in there to help out.
0: And, of course, lots of families are well organised and these things are known in advance and, uh, thankfully, in lots of families, somebody's mindful of special needs where they are necessary. Hey, let, mm. me, let me just hit you with a, a, another tricky one here and uh, see what your reaction is, Peter. Somebody lets slip the truth about Christmas and it's not so good for Santa I wonder if you've got any thoughts here about uh, you know, you you know these days and maybe you haven't always been so strong on your faith, uh, but uh, there might be some sensitivities that you'll step on if you start to talk about uh, the truth of Christmas and uh, some will say, well, you can fit Santa in there. Others are really absolutely opposed to the idea of talking about Santa in some ways, but then others in families feel as though their children are going to be disadvantaged if they don't believe in Santa. Any thoughts here for 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 families who are thinking about how you navigate this pathway as a Christian family? Uh,
2: <laughs> Throw me in the deep end here, Neil. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, with our children, I just felt, and our kids are grown up and, and as I said, my son's just returned from China so he's married, my daughter's got a couple of children. Um, but when our children were little, I just felt, and my husband and I felt, that we weren't going to go down the Santa Trail because... I remember when I found out Santa wasn't real and I was devastated. So I thought, no, I can't do that to my children. So that's the way we went. And it was always about Christmas and there were presents in the morning and they knew where they came from. But it was still a wonderful treat. However, some families want to have Santa. So that's their choice and that's what they want to do. And so let them do that. Um, if it Look, if it, if it comes out and it slips out, then that's a bit unfortunate. We have to guard our tongue a little bit and be sensitive to what other families are doing. And thank you for bringing this up, Neil, because I must ask my daughter what she is going to say to her son, who is our grandson, two-year-old. So thank you but I need to check with her. I need to listen to myself and say, okay, do the preparation before the event. Is she going to have Santa as real or not real? So uh, thanks for that one. I think every family is different. We, we have to just um, be mindful. <laughs>
0: You can incorporate Santa into the Christmas message, the Christian Christmas message. and some people don't like the idea and they want a you know a separation. but uh, I often will remind people that there are something like 400 churches across the UK that are named St Nicholas. St. Nicholas's Church, and uh, that's named after the St. Nicholas that dates back to the 4th century and who was a magnificent example of a Christian leader. And, and so the original Santa Claus uh, was a wonderful Christian man. Of course, there's been all sorts of things that have gone on uh, with Coca-Cola and red and white and uh, all sorts of things that you might be able to drag up from European history where Santa is little, uh, Christmas at Santa is uh, uh, some sort of an evil, uh, uh, almost a monster. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, there is a way that you can incorporate Santa into the Christmas message and uh, encourage uh, that Santa, Saint Nicholas, actually has been a wonderful Christian figure of Christian history. Uh, let's, uh, let's not get caught up on Santa. There's pl- plenty of other things that we can <laughs> discuss here. Um, uh, let's talk about the unforgiveness that can go on from generation to generation to generation if you don't nip that in the bud. We touched on it a little earlier, but uh, the thought of forgiveness, uh, this is a powerful thing that's been a part of our Christian foundations, It's a good time to learn that before Christmas gets heated. Uh, Thoughts here about not passing this on from generation to generation, Peter?
2: Oh, wow. I I read a story about a chain of unforgiveness uh, in a family tree. It began with um, an abusive, drunken father of 10 kids. And this goes right back to 1898 And uh, he sent the mother away. He sent the mother away, 10 children. The 10 children begged the father not to, but he did. And so it was a very difficult life that they had without their mother and this drunken father. One of the children never forgave him, even though years down the track, he met the Lord and went round to the all of the 10 children and the wife and asked for forgiveness and brought restitution but one never forgave him and so now that unforgiveness has gone down her family tree so it's a total of 4 generations as a result of holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness Somebody needs to make a change to this. And and it can be you, the listener. It can be me. In my own family, there's unforgiveness. um, In the extended family in another state, I'm in Melbourne. Um, And every member, every family uh, in that extended family, there's someone who doesn't talk to someone. It's so sad. But we as Christians, we have to stop that. You know, we can do that by the blood of Jesus. We can bring that. We can release. We can forgive. Jesus said Our Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He said that from the cross. And I often use that little prayer when somebody gets up my goat or somebody cuts me off in traffic or even if my husband says something, you know, the male-female brains, they're so different. And I'll just say to myself, Father, help me to forgive. I forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It just makes me feel better that they don't know what they're doing. And they know what they're doing, but they don't know what they're doing, if you know what I mean. So if we can release, if we can forgive Uh, that release will change generations for the future. So don't let this stuff carry on. You can be a change agent this Christmas and make it the best one ever.
0: Peter we're running out of time but let's touch on something so important and you know while we're talking about all those very difficult family members maybe we ought to be thinking about ourselves here because maybe we're the problem and uh, you know don't ought to be uh, uh, you know just sort of thinking that it's everybody else's problem maybe I'm the problem when it comes to uh, difficulties at Christmas time you like to talk about surrendering control if you are a controlling person um, sometimes we talk about the difficulties that I'll have with my controlling parents-in-law or maybe I'm the one that's controlling. What should I be thinking about in surrendering control so that we might have a wonderful Christmas as a family?
2: Mm. Your will, Lord, not mine. That's what I like to say when I need to surrender control, and I need to do this at least once a day, Neil. Okay. <laughs>
4: um,
2: and so uh, many women are controlling, and sorry for all the women that are going to yell at me, but um, I'm one of you. So I think we do want to control our situation, and what that tends to go hand in hand with is fear when we're fearful of something we want to get into control mode so that it all looks nice according to us but um, as a swimmer so I'm a swimmer I swim in the pool and during lockdown and still I'm still in the the bay down Melbourne Port Phillip Bay I get in there in my wetsuit suit and swim and so if any of you know what it's like to be in the water and you float some you know that feeling of when the water is holding you up uh, and you are just you know in that beautiful place of flotation, something is holding you, and that's a bit like surrender. so for surrender, we have to put ourselves in the position of let's say floating we have to put ourselves in the position of surrender and let God hold us like the water holds us if we 're floating. let him hold us in that place of surrender and let him do what needs to be done as we pray. Your will, not mine. So I do that, you know, at least once a day. Many times when I want to take over and take control when I'm a bit concerned about something. So let's all this Christmas, let's just give it to God. Let let God be in charge of Christmas Day. We can do our preparation. We can do our planning. But let him be the one. His will be done because it's going to work out okay if we trust in him.
0: Well, as you say, Christmas is our time. This is a Christian celebration and Jesus is the centre and the reason for the season. And uh, that means that we want to make the most of it. And if it means surrendering control to him initially, at first uh, he's the one we surrender to, that's going to make a difference for everyone who is in our Care anyone who's in our uh, immediate uh, vicinity, and uh, we've got some level of friendship and influence to grow. Wonderful getting those insights today, Peter. And uh, let me just point people to a couple of blogs that you've written because. You knew you were coming on today and you were going to be talking about these things, so you've written some blogs. And for listeners who want to access those, you can do that at Peter's website, Peter, P-E-T-A, dot PeterEmpoweringYou.com. Peter, and I will mention that Peter has written a couple of books, one of them called Unfrazzle and Redazzle, Finding Real Peace, God's Peace, Freedom and Beauty and another one called Inquisitive, a reflective journal finding meaning in the middle of your mess. You can find those books at PeterEmpoweringYou.com. Peter, wonderful insights. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020.
2: Thanks for having me, Neil, and Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners.